Punctuality is a wonderful thing. To show up on time, right? And to show up on time at the appointed hour for the meeting or an event means preparation to back it up in time and to say, okay, if I have to be at a certain place by 11 a.m., then I've got to plan that. I've got to take all the steps necessary to prepare to get from here to there on time. Now, some of us are very good about that, right? And some are not very good about that. And you all know whether you are punctual or not in general. And I know people that are always late for any appointment. In fact, they are always apologizing. I'm so sorry I'm late. I'm so sorry I'm late. And they've been saying this their whole lifetime. They just can't be punctual. In fact, if Jesus were to arrive, they would still be late for that meeting. Right? It's interesting to notice behavior that way. Not a judgment, just an observation. And then to take that in the spiritual realm. To be punctual, that is to arrive at the appointed time, takes a lot of good preparation. That's what Advent is. It's a time of preparing, taking the time that the church gives us in her wisdom to prepare for something very important and to be punctual. Not to let it slip away. Not to say, well, yeah, I'll get there when I can. No, to take it seriously. We have an appointed time and an appointed place for a very special meeting. Don't be late. It's called Christmas. It's just around the corner. And for some, oh, I've got plenty of time. And for others, oh, I don't have enough time at all. But maybe because we're not focused on time properly. See, God takes time. Oh yes, Advent is about our preparation for Christ so that we're punctual, so that we meet him on time. But think about it now from God's perspective. The time that the Almighty Lord took from eternity to be punctual. I mean, the event 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem was immense, infinite preparation. And everything had to be in proper sequence, over time, over time, over time. From the moment of creation, everything is planned, step by step. God doesn't make mistakes. He engineers this thing beautifully, orchestrates it magnificently, but he takes time. So if he is going to truly redeem us, which is what the revelation is telling us, unlike any other religion the world has ever known, a true redemption of our humanity by the life, death, and resurrection 
of a God-man, that takes time. That takes a lot of time to make that happen. Why? Because God uses us to make this happen. If he didn't want to use us, he could have simply just sent us, as we've said so many times, you know, the tweet, the text, the email, in every language, every dialect, from caveman to the present that says, all is forgiven. I love you. The debt has been canceled. I'm here. And everyone would say, oh, great. But see, that's artificial. God doesn't use artifice. He uses the natural that he created because it's good. It's intelligent. It has purpose. And choice among his creatures are you and I. Because we have the free will that he wants us to use to accept him. He wants our wills to accord with his so that he can work this orchestration with us. And everyone has a part to play in that orchestra of life. Whatever part you're playing, whatever note you're singing, wherever you are in this entirely orchestrated, magnificent people of God, you have your part. And he wants to respect that part. And that takes time. Look at the Old Testament. From the very beginning, it was all preparation. Abraham and Moses and the prophets Isaiah and Baruch and Ezekiel and Zephaniah. And then John the Baptist. And of course, the Blessed Virgin, Joseph, John the Baptist. All these people, all these players, thousands of them, getting that orchestra to play the right note at the right time in the right place. Masterfully done. And God is always rejoicing as time moves over time because the time will come at a place called Bethlehem in the Middle East where the stars align and there this beautiful display of a masterpiece is unveiled and revealed in a baby, the Son of God, the Son of Mary. And God is rejoicing. See, we rejoice, but notice what Zephaniah says about God. He says that God is always rejoicing. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will sing joyfully because of you as one sings at festivals. So God is always rejoicing when we're playing our notes, when we're singing the tune in proper form with him. That means to listen and to watch the conductor. That means to truly take the time to study it and to get involved with it and to take your part and to know who's to the right and who's to your left and make this happen, not alone, but together over time. So the gift of time is very precious, not the gift of the watch, that's chronos time. No, kyrios is the Greek word for the time of the heart, the time of the soul. 
the Spirit. So this is the time of the Spirit right now. It's a very precious gift. Because at the end of life, most of us say, I just wish we had more time. I wish I had more time with mom or dad. I wish I had made more time to be there for my children, my loved ones. I just wish we'd had more time. It's such a beautiful gift to use and not to waste. So when we take the time to prepare, then we can be punctual. Then we can be on time, on time for a great event, eager to watch and to wonder as that revelation is given in a form of a boy born in a manger. Now, we're taking that time. Over 2,000 years, the church has been reflecting on the coming of Christ then, the coming of Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit in this time, and the coming of Christ at the end of time in the Last Judgment. Three comings, three advents, history past, time present, time future. So all of this is beautiful time. But we're told that there were many characters that were not ready, that were not taking the time, and started playing different notes, started messing up the symphony, started kind of tweaking it here and manipulating it there, and that messes up the whole time sequence. And God's always trying to have to correct it here or there. Look at some of these characters. Herod really was not ready. In fact, didn't want to be ready for the coming of the Messiah. In fact, we're told he sought in every way to destroy it, to really destroy the symphony, to really destroy everyone, every male boy under the age of two. The Pharisees and scribes were not ready. They weren't taking time. They had learned of the prophecies. They had anticipated, but their expectation was far greater than the reality. They were looking for a king, a manifested physical king, a King David returned from the dead, the wisdom of Solomon, a brilliant apocryphal figure, a Hollywood production. And the innkeepers were way too busy with the census that was going on and making money. That's why there was no room at the inn when Mary had the moment to give birth. Too many people, too busy, not taking the time. Busy, but not taking time to prepare properly. So that when the moment of punctuality arrives on that Christmas night, who's there? Who has arrived? Mary and Joseph, the animals, the shepherds, the poor, basically, of the world, the uneducated, not anyone society would ever have anticipated to be present on time for the long-awaited Messiah. No, this is a joke in the eyes of the world. This is a strange story. But then the Magi come, the wise men. They're on time. They've been charting time, the measurement of time passed through light, the stars, and they are mapping time and place. And that's science. And that's where we 
can begin to glean that the world begins to appreciate the gift of time, even from the natural point of view, in God's plan. So that science and religion, faith and reason, can complement. But the question is, are we preparing then for what God has always prepared for us? And I think that the answer, the answer to that, in part, is, are we taking the time? Not the Kronos time, four weeks of Advent, but the time of life. At this time in my life, am I truly open and willing to do something that God is asking me to do? I don't know what that is, but I'm going to discern that. And I'm not going to waste the time. When God is saying something to me, do this or not that, or would you just simply open your heart to me, don't waste that time. Use it. Because all that time is his gift to prepare ultimately that we see him face to face. As I said, some of us won't even be on time for that. But God will always be on time. He's on time even now, right here in our midst. The Lord is in your midst, says Zephaniah. And Paul says, rejoice, he is with us in word and in sacrament. For that, we are grateful. And that helps us to prepare even more when he sees us face to face in the resurrection of body and blood. What took place in Bethlehem is but a foretaste and promise of what we even do here now. We few, we happy few, who take the time to be with him, who from all eternity always saw fit to be with you in time today.